0: Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and your host. And t- and uh, this episode, I'm spe- uh, joined by special guest Steve Long from Hero Games. Steve-, Steve, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Hey, this is exciting. Uh, your project, your Kickstarter project, which is what we're here to talk about, the Book of the Empress, uh, recently funded uh, you guys uh, passed your hundred percent mark and I got I, I've got to believe after all the guests I've talked to that was a, a thrilling moment to do that
1: it absolutely was you know the the day that it happened we all sort of you know had a little virtual party and cheered we were really thrilled that we got to that level and you know particularly thrilled that you know we're getting there with sort of the direct support of our fans that's the best thing about it is it's sort of the fans speaking to you directly
0: so let's uh for those who aren't for those who aren't familiar, the Kickstarter project is called The Book of the Empress. And let me spell that because it's not, uh, I think some people might think emperor, Emperress or something like that. But it's E-M-P-R-E-S-S, The Book of the Empress. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Steve, you're with uh, with Hero Games. This is, a, this is a Hero Games supplement. Is that uh, an accurate way of saying this? Yeah,
1: that's correct. It's, it's a supplement for our Champions game line, which uh, you know, has been around for 30 years now. And it uh, uses the hero system, which is our core set of rules. It describes uh, one aspect of the Champions universe, which is our superhero setting and the setting that is also forms the basis of the Champions Online uh, MMO that a lot of people play. Uh, and it describes uh, one of our master villains. We've done two or three of these book of the uh, supplements that take a focused look at one of the major villains in the setting and describe... You know, all sorts of specific details about them, you know, their bases and their personal psychology and how their powers work and their, you know, robot minions and what have you. In this particular one, oh, go ahead.
0: No, 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 sorry. In this particular one.
1: It uh, looks at a that's called Istvatha Vahan. She is a our dimensional conqueror villain. She rules an empire of about 100 million dimensions. In the Champions Universe multiverse, and of course has her sights set on Earth. She's tried to conquer Earth's dimension two or three times, and our valiant superheroes have always managed to fight her off. And this book provides the details of, you know, what she's like, what her empire is like, how she manages to run it, uh, what her plans are for conquering other dimensions, and specifically Earth, and also, you know, for the more realistic-minded superior fans out there, why she hasn't yet conquered Earth. There are reasons why she has not succeeded, why she has succeeded with so many other dimensions. And we go into that. You know, The book also looks uh, in some detail at the multiverse of the champion universe in general. So even if you don't want to use this particular villainous, it's got a whole multiverse built into the book that you can use a structured series of dimensions that describes which dimensions are located where and how you travel between them, all that kind of thing. And it even includes a random dimension generator series of tables so you can quickly roll up an alternate dimension if you want to send your characters into one in a game.
0: So this is, uh, you're, you're coming to the Kickstarter campaign. This Kickstarter campaign came with a tremendous amount of backstory and content already built in that you were able to take advantage of. Yes. And this is if you and I have talked uh, earlier, this is your first Kickstarter campaign,
1: right it is it's the first one not only for hero games, but that I have managed myself um, and we're very pleased with the results so far it's you know uh, an interesting new possibility in this brave new world of modern creativity and publishing and I think it's something that hero can use going forward to produce more books
0: so here, you know hero has been around for a uh, a long time. The champions has been yes. around for a long time. why? Uh, why go with Kickstarter versus the traditional way? You guys have been successful bringing out books and, uh, and RPG material for, is it been decades? It's been decades, right?
1: It has, yeah, I mean, the, the company itself has been in existence since uh, 1980 or 81, depending on how you want to measure it. My business partners and I have owned the Hero Games assets for just a little over 10 years. Um, and we decided to sort of shift our production strategy away from traditional publishing to try Kickstarter because... You know, given the nature of the RPG industry and the current state of the economy, traditional publishing just wasn't working for us the way we wanted it to and we thought Kickstarter might be a better approach and so far things are looking good. You know, We're very pleased that you know, we succeeded with our goal. You know, we had a fairly high goal for the book which was $10,000 and we reached that uh, in, I think in a little under two weeks of our 34, 35 day run. And just uh, last night, I think we broke th- through twelve thousand dollars on our way towards our secondary goal of fourteen thousand. So you know, so far we're very pleased with how it's all gone, and you know, looking forward to trying again.
0: What was what was some of, what was part of the traditional publishing that made it so difficult that uh, encouraged you to look at Kickstarter?
1: Well, the particularly the the fact is to do traditional publishing, you know. At the way, the way, and sort of the level we were doing it, you have to maintain a staff, and you have to have offices, and you know the amount of money coming in from RPG sales these days just wasn't enough to maintain the staff in that way. So we shifted our model away. We, you know, you know I'm no longer working directly for the company. Some of my other business partners aren't working directly for the company. You know, the the one who's remaining still working for the company now has you know a huge burden on his shoulders. I'm sad to say. And, you know, we're trying this other approach, and I'm helping the company out with it, not only because I'm still an owner of the company, but as a way of learning how all this works. You know, it's been a fascinating education so far.
0: I bet it has. And uh, in your case, bringing this book to Kickstarter, how did you, you $10,000, how did you arrive at that goal? Because you're right, that is a high goal, particularly for an RPG,
1: It is well. We we were very sort of precise about calculating our costs. You know, this is you know what it took of my time to write the book. We were going into this. I had already written the book while still working for the company, and it had pretty much been laid out. So we weren't in the position of saying, "Give us this money and we'll write this." It was more a question of, "Give us this money and we'll go ahead and publish it." You know, in the sort of full fashion sense instead of just releasing it as a PDF. So we were in a a little bit better position maybe than some people would be, Um, but we calculated, you know, what what was my time to write it? What are the printing costs going to be? What did we pay for art? You know, what is it going to cost to ship the book not only from the printer to us, but to cover other, you know, administrative expenses? And then, you know, Kickstarter and Amazon payments, of course, take about 10%. So we factored all that in and figured to, you know, get this book through and not you know, lose our shirts this is what we need so that's what we asked for
0: and in your case uh, because you've done this before when it came down to estimating the cost you you could actually get a pretty good idea because you've done this before right
1: we could i mean the the big x factor of course is the shipping you know the administrative cost like that things often come up at the last minute and there's the issue of you know how many people are going to buy We're going to pledge reward tiers that get them free shipping and so forth and so on. And we have to account for all of that at some level. So that's the big unknown. But we think we did a pretty good job. And, yeah, the fact that we have 10 years of experience doing this uh, gave us a little confidence that we could calculate with some degree of accuracy.
0: So, Steve, your project is about to wrap up. Uh, You said it took about 30 days, which means you launched it on the backside of Christmas,
1: uh, we did. It was uh, I want to say December. It might even have been twenty sixth, but that's probably not right. But close. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close. It was at the end of December. Um, we had been you know, looking at doing it earlier in December, uh, but the various things got in the way, as they will, and we didn't want to launch it right before Christmas, so we waited until right after.
0: And tell me uh, how long? How long this process? You did research. You uh, you kind of thought about Kickstarter. Um, how long did that process take for you to do the research, figure out what you needed to do, uh, get the project up there and, and get this thing going?
1: I, I spent uh, several days, you know, not you know full eight hour days, but several days you know focusing primarily on researching the Kickstarter. I think that you know this sort of the first step in this is you know there's no sense reinventing the wheel. A lot of people have done this and they, have good advice to help you avoid pitfalls. So the first thing I did was I went out and I listened to Game Whisperer podcast. I appreciate I, that. You're you're welcome. I you know went to websites that friends who had done this or who had looked into and done this recommended, who had good ideas about it, um, and you know, read up on it, looked at some of the information that Kickstarter itself provides. You know they have a lot of interesting sort of statistical information and guidelines based on. Their reviews of tens of thousands of these projects, and while you know you can't necessarily follow what they're saying rigidly because every project is different, you know I think it's important to pay attention to those things and figure out if I'm going to change this. Why am I changing it? What about my project means I should vary from their recommendations?
0: Okay, uh, in your case, I'm just thinking that because. What that is is that I, you know, I've looked over those stats and I've reported on that and compiled my own. And what we've discovered is that in the board game space, um, Kickstarter themselves are learning things about Kickstarter by following what we're doing here in the board game space because it's sure. we're doing things slightly different. For example, I, I just read a, a review, th- an article that was posted by one of my co-editors on Purple Pawn with one of the founders of Kickstarter that they had no idea that people actually ran ads to generate traffic to their Kickstarter page. What did you do to promote your... So you've got it. You're coming out in a very dead period right after the holidays. And you needed this project to get out there and get noticed. So what steps did you take to uh, to increase the awareness of the Book of the Empress?
1: Well, there are several things that we did. First, of course, as an established company, we have a website with an active message board you know, and fans who go there and pay attention to what we're saying. So that was our first line of attack you know, that we would you know, talk about it heavily on our own message boards. And in fact, you know, according to our dashboard statistics, I think just a little over half of our pledges have come directly from our own message boards. or excuse me, a little under half. Um, so that's been our biggest source of revenue, obviously. But then, for example, I mentioned the Champions Online MMO, which is based on the Champions Universe property, and therefore attracts some people who are interested in the setting in general. And so I mentioned it there and talked about it. I've discussed it, you know, frequently on my own Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds. Uh, I've mentioned it on my own website, where I have one of their little widgets, that wonderful little widget that Kickstarter, uh, you know, will, creates for you. And we actually got one uh, one pledge straight off that widget. So on that basis alone, I take full credit for the success of the entire project. Uh, you know, because I have only recently launched the website, so not too many people know about it. You know, and then you know, there are other gaming sites like RPGNet that have forums or threads specifically for people to mention RPG-related kickstarters. And so we talked about it there. So you know, the, the the difficulty in the RPG space, not necessarily the board game space, is that it's hard to get information out. The average gamer doesn't necessarily come to websites or go to conventions or any of those things. They just play games. Uh, so reaching them is often a little difficult. And I'm glad that. I, through our website, in particular, we've been able to to get the word out to people, and it's slowly but surely filtered out. I think
0: it it has now. In your case, let's talk about the the structure of your of your project, of the pledges themselves, because you know, as we look over it, um, you've got something that I that I don't play a lot of RPGs, and it's it's not due to interest; it's due to everybody who reaches. Our stage in life, you get a little older, and, and uh, you get all kinds of responsibilities that start to press on you, whether it's job or children or parents. And, yeah,
1: RPGs uh, is a very time intensive hobby.
0: It is, and it, and it, it you can't just sit down and play. Um, so, in your case, which always attracts me, well, you've got pledges that that is the ability. You have pledges that give backers the ability to help craft characters in in the in the universe. Is that correct? We do. We
1: actually added that uh, tier uh, about a week, week and a half ago. Um, initially, we didn't have that there um, because we were following the sort of the general Kickstarter guideline that to avoid choice paralysis, you want to you know, limit yourself to about five to seven tiers. So we followed that advice. We felt that made sense. Um, and so we had seven tiers to start out with. But our, some of our top-level tiers, particularly our $200 tier, had uh, filled up a little quicker than we expected, and after we hit our goal, you know, as, as often happens with these things, you hit your goal and pledges slow down a little bit because people are like, "Aha, they've succeeded. I don't have to worry about this. I'll be able to buy a copy later if I want to." And so, when that happens, you need to find ways to continue generating support and pledges because the more you get now, the better it is for everybody going forward.
0: Right. Better quality. So we, better. Yeah. All kinds of things.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know our. 80 and 200 dollar level pledges had included, you know, perks like signed copies of specific numbered books and so forth, and so we couldn't do anything more with that. So we decided, what can we add that will draw in some interest and attention? And one of the things that I thought of was, well, why don't we let people, you know, contribute by making up new characters? There's plenty of room. We can't put them into the book because the book's already laid out, but we can do these as a PDF that we give away to everybody who's back to Kickstarter. Let's see if anybody you know, nibbles on that. And sure enough, we put up 10 of those, and we've already sold six of them. So again, hopefully by the time we're done, you know all 10 of them will go. I've already started working on some of the characters and have been very impressed with the level of creativity and the ideas that the fans have been coming up with. They're you know, not sort of your garden variety characters. They're so, intriguing ideas that fit really well into the book, so, even though they haven't read the book.
0: So what we're talking about is, is that a fan pledges at a certain level. With that pledge, they have the ability to help you influence you in the creation of a character. Yes. And then how does that character appear?
1: The character is going to appear in a, a PDF that will go free to everybody who backed the Kickstarter.
0: Got it, got it. You so, know,
1: if this were it. a project where the book already hadn't been written, the character could just go in the book. You know, For example, I'm uh, planning to – I think going forward – as Hero does more of these Kickstarters, the response to this has been sufficiently high that we'll probably offer something like that again when it's appropriate to do so. It's not appropriate for every book, but for a book like this that is part of the setting, I think it's very appropriate. And I think we'll probably offer something like that from the beginning, you know, because it does seem to be popular and people love, you know, being able to contribute to this, you know, superhero setting that's been around for 30 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you've been following... can imagine any other uh, major RPG stepping up and saying, hey, "I call it uh, pledging for immortality." You, yeah, that's a good way to put it, right? You get, you're going to be in there forever, and uh, and that's kind of cool. And it's always an incentive to me. It's kind of what reason I back uh, a lot of the projects I do if I I want to have that that influence. You know, about... we do a
1: similar thing where oh, we yeah, will, you can donate to our company charity and we'll put your name in a book as a character. So a lot of our fans appear in the Champions universe somewhere as you know oh, important cool. NPCs. Oh, yeah.
0: cool! So it's something that that you'd already kind of pursued, and your fans were familiar with, and this just yeah. gave you an opportunity. Yeah, but... the fun part about
1: it is once we sold the Champions universe intellectual property to Cryptic for the Champions Online computer game, you know, some of these fans of ours who put their names in books just to support charity found themselves being turned into characters that appear in the MMO (laughs) so they can go play the MMO and interact with
0: themselves. (laughs) How fun is that?
1: Yeah, it is. It's all kinds. And I mean, I appear in the MMO as a character too, so I have all kinds of fun.
0: Oh, that's fun. Now let's, uh, in our last few minutes, we need to talk about, again, coming back to your pledges because you didn't just have, and this is what they say, you know, you put your pledges in there, raise your money, but then throw out those crazy if somebody just has too much money and not enough cents, let's put a pledge for that. And you have a couple of pledges um, above the $200. you have got a $1,000 pledge and a $2,000 pledge. And let me just say, you had a $2,000 pledge. It is no longer available because somebody else took it.
1: Somebody took it, yes. 2000 And for $1, that matter, $1, only, one of, only one of our – we had two of the $1,000 pledges, and only one of those is has been – is remaining because somebody took one of them, so but yes, you know as, as i 'm sure you've discussed you know with uh, in other episodes of you know the game whisper to a certain extent, you put the crazy upper level tiers and even the low lowest level tiers as a way of sort of funneling people to the middle tiers where they 're more likely to want to go anyway right um, and i I honestly never expected anybody would actually take the two thousand dollar level tier, and we're you know, immensely gratified that somebody did i don 't know whether it was you know, the the one gamer who you know felt he could afford it or whether he took up a collection from his gaming group or what cuz the reward for this of course is that the company at its own expense will fly me out to this guy's house and I'm going to run a game for him and his gaming group using the material in the book.
0: Uh no, that's you know that's just that's just awesomeness. If you're yeah. if you're really into this and that that's just awesomeness cuz you got it now that will live forever because Twitter, Facebook, the 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 capturing of that whole event—that that's pretty cool, especially if you've been following—if yeah. you've been following the universe for as long as it's been out, the opportunity to just uh, to do that—I mean, that's worth that's worth the money.
1: Absolutely. And we, once we in instituted the $150 create a character pledge, we extended that for free to the $1,000 and $2,000 backers, and we made it available to the $200 backers for a slight increase uh, in the pledge to cover the expense of creating character. Um, so these guys are all getting to create characters as well. In fact, I just wrote up the $2,000 backer, wrote up his character yesterday. I'm sort of doing one of them a day.
0: Very uh, cool. And let's talk yeah. – then the last thing, we've only just got a minute or so here. Uh, let's talk about what I'm seeing, and that is so far in 2012, as we're watching all these projects successfully fund, RPGs are becoming uh, – they're increasing in popularity. Yes. Um Peter Atkinson with Gen Con is going to be on the show here uh, in the next couple of episodes, and I've reached out to him, and I reached out to you because I, I'm, I'm thinking that 2012 is going to be the year of the RPG on Kickstarter. There were some ex, uh, very successful Kickstarter projects last year, Far West, Quantum, that were RPGs. But Absolutely. It, but it would appear that the increased level of interest, particularly you. You guys are an established company, established brand, established content. You didn't just make this up. Um, we're going to see more and more of that. You, do you have any insights about that? The, the this research? I, I think
1: you're absolutely right. We we've done it. I know Eden Studios has already kickstarted a couple of its uh, Conspiracy X supplements yes. that have only yep. previously been available as PDFs. I think that you know knowledge of Kickstarter. His filtering out to the industry, and there's now enough experience with an exposure to it that people are willing to consider it. You know, a year ago, I don't think I'd heard of Kickstarter, or if I had, it had just vaguely been mentioned to me. And now I've got a lot of data to go on that says this is a way you can continue doing this kind of work if you want to. And I, it's you know not only viable for a company like mine that you know, tries to maintain some you know sort of full time business presence. But, of course, it's certainly viable for somebody who just wants to do this in their spare time. You know, I'm, in fact, planning a RPG Kickstarter of my own that will launch in a couple of weeks once the Book of the Empress one ends.
0: And what will, that, what will be the theme of that?
1: It's called Mythic Hero. It's a licensed hero supplement that I'm just doing on my own, and it's a, a review of sort of world mythology and related subjects for gaming. Um, it's going to cover a couple of dozen different pantheons from around the world, including not only... Old favorites like Norse and Greek, but a lot of very obscure ones that have I don't think ever been covered for gaming, like Etruscan and Maori and Hawaiian and Slavic. Oh, how fun! Um, you that,
0: that'll be great. Are, are people? Are you going to be uh, out and about in the uh, in the con scene? Will people be able to see uh, see this and be able to uh, uh, play this? Uh, are you going to be doing some uh, appearances?
1: Uh, well, I do have a couple coming up. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a guest at a convention called. Uh, Forgive me if I mispronounce this name, uh, UbiCon, up in Buffalo in April. And beyond that, we'll just see it's a question of who's willing to invite me out and what I'm willing to do. I hit a lot of local conventions here that I can drive to. StellarCon coming up in a couple of months, for example. I'm going to have a presence there. In fact, uh, uh, the author, Pat Rothfuss, is their writing guest of honor, and he and I are working up a charity event uh, where it's a game that he's going to run and I'm going to play in. Um, And and just to let
0: let listeners know, uh, local for you, you're in Greensboro, North Carolina.
1: Yes, I am. And StellarCon is like one town over in High Point. Okay. Um, but I do a lot of small conventions sort of in this area. I did one just last weekend. In fact, I attended the Illogicon over in Raleigh.
0: Steve, this has been great. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're, we're thrilled to see the success that you've had, and we're thrilled that uh, we're going to see some more of this coming out. So thank you very much for joining us here on Funding the Dream.
1: Thank you. I've, I've had a great time, and you know I hope that people who want to do RPG projects going forward you know, can you know, will learn a little something from this. and I'll probably have a few blogs to say about my experiences with all of this on my own website, which is stephenslong.com, in the few, next few weeks once it all wraps up.
0: Is that Stephen with a V or P-H? With a V, yes. stephenslong.com. So, so we'll have uh, our listeners take a listen. You have been listening to Funding the Dream. Hopefully you've been inspired by uh, what you've heard here. Uh, we're grateful f- for backing and supporting us on our podcast. Now it's your turn. Take your dream. Take the inspiration. Go find a way to uh, be successful. We're looking forward to seeing you fund your dream on Kickstarter. Thanks for listening. Take care.